four NHLers have been asked to surrender to London, Ontario police. What happens next? Listen on to this episode of Striking Oil to find out more. Welcome. This is Striking Oil, the podcast where you get news, rumors, and opinions every Monday to Friday about your favorite team, the Edmonton Oilers. My name is Caleb Kearney, and by day and night, I am a beat writer covering the Edmonton Oilers for the Hockey News. Now, we have some news that has come out, so I'm going to get through the uh, the housekeeping items off the top of the show. Uh, like and subscribe uh, to the video and the channel on YouTube. Subscribe on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, and Apple Podcasts. Share this podcast with your friends. Okay, Not only do I cover news, rumors, and opinions on the Oilers, I also cover big news items like what has come down the pipeline today. I'm going to talk about that. That's the only thing I'm going to talk about today. I had a plan for today. And that plan has gone by the wayside in light of this news that has just come out about an hour at this point, about two hours ago, okay? And finally, I am working on something exciting uh, that I'm going to reveal to everyone in a couple days, so stay tuned for that. There's a couple little changes to what I do, but that's for another day. Today, five hockey players including four NHLers, have been directed to surrender to police to be charged with sexual assault in relation to the 2018 World Junior Team Canada team. Officially now, Carter Hart, Dylan Dubé, Cal Foote, and Michael McLeod have been directed to surrender to London, Ontario police to be charged with sexual assault. This is all as per Rick Westhead, Rick Thank you for the incredible reporting you do covering difficult topics like this and like racism, uh, racist things that happen in the world of hockey. Thank you, thank you, thank you for covering this and making sure everybody knows about these big issues that are in hockey culture but are also symptoms of larger things, larger issues in our society. So. Thank you again. Um, Alex Formanton was already spotted arriving at the police headquarters in the past couple of days uh, to face those charges. So he is the he is the one hockey player who is not presently in the NHL uh, who is facing these charges. Now, all of this was speculation that this was what was going on and it has now been confirmed. Uh, London London police are going to have a press conference on Monday, February 5th regarding this case. Okay. My sense is that they have gotten a lot of inquiries from various different news outlets, sports outlets, uh, just trying to get more information, trying to get names. And on Monday, it looks like we're going to find out exactly what the process is moving forward regarding uh, this case. Okay. Um, and now some other things um, that I learned today in preparation for this. Uh, the DFO po- 
uh, rundown podcast that uh, features Jason Greger and Frank Saravalli. On that podcast, they, they they mentioned a couple things. One was that players were directed by their legal counsel to leave their teams in the dark, to not tell them why they were taking a leave of absence. However, there was one player, Saravalli didn't name names, it's possible he didn't know the name, but there is one player who said to their team when they were taking their leave of absence that they felt like something was coming as far as uh, the 2018 sexual assault investigation was concerned. Who that is, we don't know. I'm guessing I'm going to take an educated guess and say that it wasn't Dylan Dubé. Now, I bring up Dylan Dubé for the very specific reason that when Dylan Dubé took his leave, he told the team it was for mental health reasons. Now, I don't want to speculate on if Dylan Dubé actually has mental health issues. Okay, That's not why I'm bringing this up. I'm bringing this up because if that is how he felt. If that's how he tried to cover this up, then shame on him. I don't blame the organization for that because they were left in the dark. That was what he told them. And when a player says mental health reasons, it's my impression that the teams are kind of directed to leave that alone. So I don't put this on the Calgary Flames organization. I put this on the player, Dylan Dubé. How dare you? If you don't actually have mental health issues and you're saying that kind of thing, that is a really bad look. But if you do have mental health issues, then I totally understand that. In spite of that, you still did something really shitty five and a half years ago and you need to pay the consequences for that. Not only was it really shitty, it is egregious, disgusting, revolting, and I, that's that's my thoughts in a general nutshell about that. Now, a couple other things about this case. Uh, there were eight players in the room when this assault was taking place. So that means that there are three players who were involved in some capacity, but uh, did not... I guess, participate in the assault. Um, I'm sorry, but those three players are just as guilty as these five, in my opinion. If you are there and you are not stopping something like this from happening, that tells me that the only thing that matters to you as a human being is how good you feel. And it tells me that you are not a person who sees someone being exploited and because in that moment you think, oh, there's nothing for me to gain from helping this person. That just tells me that you're just straight up a terrible human being. Your only concern is about yourself. You have zero, zero concern, zero desire to help people. And we need more people in this world that actually want to help people and not people that just want to feel good regardless of what that costs another human being, okay? So with all this in mind about the players, you know, I'm seeing a lot 
online, especially on Twitter, about all these like hockey bros, like saying, oh, like there's videos of her saying that she was enjoying herself, all this kind of stuff. And like them saying, oh, you know, I did dumb things and I was like drinking when I was a kid. Full stop. Okay, full stop. Sexual assault is not a dumb thing. It is a crime. It is demeaning to another human being. And by coercing that person into giving video testimony, essentially, that they were enjoying themselves and that it was consensual is even more manipulative. Doing stupid things when you're drunk is like jumping over a campfire, is like trying to hop a fence. It's like, I don't know, trying to walk in a straight line while chewing gum and juggling balls in the air. Like, that's all dumb things. But a sexual assault is not a dumb thing. Not whatsoever. And the fact that these hockey fans, as they like to call themselves, are saying these things is equally as revolting as the acts themselves. And ultimately, what has happened and what's going to continue to happen to this victim who, in the most recent information that we have about this case, uh, in the court documents is being referred to as EM. EM, whoever you are, if you are hearing this in any capacity, I am truly sorry that this happened to you and my heart goes out to you and your family during this time. I can't imagine how difficult this is for you, for your family. I can't imagine the things you've gone through in the past five and a half years while this has been weighing on you. And I can't also just can't imagine what kind of response you might get, the attacks that you might get from hockey fans because of some of the things that you are going to reveal happened to you and was perpetrated by some fan's favorite player. My heart truly goes out to you. And just anytime I read any details of this case, I just get this sick feeling. And I truly, truly hope that justice is served in this situation that I don't know, EM, I don't know if you will ever truly find peace from this situation. But I hope that going through this process and seeing the perpetrators brought to justice brings you some measure of that peace. With all that being said, the gigantic elephant in the room is that Michael McLeod is Ryan McLeod's older brother. Now, of course, Ryan was not involved in this event in any way, shape, or form. 
But the unfortunate thing for Ryan is that he is related to somebody who is directly involved in this case. So one way or another, Ryan, either via his representation or himself or the Oilers PR, need to have some sort of statement that they release to the press or some sort of availability where he makes a statement to the press. Maybe he answers one or two questions and that's it. Just to address the situation, even it's as sim- even if it's as simple as Ryan saying something to the effect of, you know, this entire situation is just terrible. Obviously, it's terrible that my brother has been charged with this, um, but we'll wait and see what happens. Even it, if it, if it, even if it's something as super basic as that, and that's it, and they're like no questions. That is totally fine. That is all that Ryan has to say. He doesn't have to answer for his brother. He doesn't have to tell us where he was that night or anything ridiculous like that. All he has to do is come out with a simple statement and that's it. Case closed for Ryan. This isn't about Ryan. This entire case is not about the players. It is about the victim, E.M., getting the dust, the justice that she deserves. With that, I will end this episode of Striking Oil. Leave a comment below and let me know what kind of content you would like to see or hear from this podcast. If you are new to the podcast, subscribe to the pod on whatever platform you prefer. Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music are the big ones. Follow me on Twitter, Instagram, Threads. Check out the Hockey News Edmonton Oilers team site to read all the latest articles from me. All of the links for all of that that I have mentioned will be in the show notes below. Thank you. Have a good day.